Eagles Entertainment. Hello, Eagles everywhere, and welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you, and welcome to the 2020 NFL year. It is official, 4 o'clock on Wednesday. The calendar year began for the NFL, the new business year. Free agency officially beginning. The legal negotiation period ending for the NFL. And so what we can do as an NFL team is only mention players who quote-unquote reportedly signed or left the team, signed with the team or left the team, until players sign their contracts. And right now, the NFL not permitting NFL personnel to be around players Uh, That is going to be a wait-and-see proposition. So all we are doing here is giving you the news that is reportedly happening. And what has reportedly happened is that the Eagles, in the first wave of free agency here, addressing defensive line, adding former Pittsburgh Steeler Javon Hargrave to the mix, a four-year starter at nose tackle with the Steelers. He would reportedly come in and add to a terrific group with Malik Jackson, with Fletcher Cox, with Hassan Ridgway, who reportedly re-signed with the Eagles, with Anthony Rush. Good group as the Eagles look to move offensive lines from the inside out. And then the rest of it to date, and it's only the first wave, because we know the Eagles are outstanding later in free agency at adding players. We've seen it so many times through the years. Reportedly, the Eagles then turning their attention to their own players, retaining Rodney McLeod, safety, reportedly, a two-year deal. Jalen Mills, a defensive back now, listed as a defensive back. A lot of speculation out there, will the Eagles move him to a quasi-linebacker position? That is very possible. We'll see how that all works out when the Eagles get back on the field. He would, in theory, replace Malcolm Jenkins. The Eagles did not pick up Jenkins' 2020 contract option. Jenkins reportedly rejoining the New Orleans Saints. Ridgeway back with the Eagles, reportedly a one-year deal to add depth at defensive tackle. And on the offensive side of the ball, Nate Sudfeld comes back to back up Carson Wentz and join Wentz and Kyle Lalletta currently as the three quarterbacks on this roster. Long, long way to go in free agency. And of course, after that, the NFL Draft Eagles have 10 picks. We hope you are all healthy out there, safe out there. Uh, We really thank you for joining us. And I've got a great show for you today. Not allowed to talk to any of the players who are on the roster, but we are allowed to talk to some of the analysts. So we're going to bring two of them in. In a bit, we'll hear from the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, Merrill Reese. But first up, from Sirius XM NFL Radio, also the color commentator, the analyst for the Eagles' preseason broadcasts, Ross Tucker. He has studied Javon Hargrave, and he thinks the Eagles reportedly have gotten themselves somebody who is going to upgrade this defensive line tremendously. Ross Tucker, we thank you so much for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. And we know that everything is in the context of reportedly done, but we have seen reportedly the Eagles adding Javon Hargrave from the Steelers. If this happens, Ross, how do you kind of see this impacting the Eagles' defense? Well, so I love Javon Hargrave, and I have for years. 
Um, you know, he's an FCS guy, South Carolina State, incredibly powerful, Dave. And he's been, I don't want to say miscast, but he's been a 3-4 nose tackle in Pittsburgh, and he's done that job very well. But when you watch him, when he gets a chance to hit a gap or get upfield and get some pressure, he's got some serious juice to him. And the thought of pairing him with Fletcher Cox and you've got Malik Jackson in that rotation as well, that's scary. I mean, legitimately scary for opposing interior offensive lines. You know, I've said it for years. I'll say it again here. I think defensive tackle is the second most important position in the sport. I think quarterback one, then D tackles. Then you're probably getting the O-line and D-ends, but they just are so vital in the run game, getting any type of pressure or push up the middle in the pass game. And it's funny, Dave, because before the report came out that the Eagles had reportedly agreed to terms with him, and again, we'll see what happens when everything's official, official, the Indianapolis Colts had traded the number 13 overall pick for DeForest Buckner and reportedly given him a deal for $21 million a year. And I think Buckner's an awesome player, but I tweeted at Ross Tucker NFL, that's too rich for me. I'd rather have given uh, somebody like Hargrave less money. I mean, Javon Hargrave most people had as the second best D tackle available behind Chris Jones, who got the franchise tag from the chiefs. So you're talking about the number one ranked available D tackle. They got him for reportedly again, $13 million a year. That's not even 62 cents on the dollar for what Buckner got. It's not even two thirds of what the Colts are paying for Buckner after they just gave up the number 13 overall pick. So love the player, love the value. I think he's got ridiculous upside once he's allowed to just penetrate and get upfield. I cannot wait to watch him play. The Eagles had this idea last year where they would collapse offensive lines from the inside out. So they went out and signed Jackson prior to the start of the new league year. Timmy Jernigan came back just before the draft. They traded for Hassan Ridgeway, all with the idea of being four deep next to Fletcher Cox. We saw how that worked out with all the injuries. So they come back again with this really interesting reported signing or addition of uh, a player that not a lot of fans know about. So can you explain, is this a difference in philosophy with Jim Schwartz? Because we always kind of thought that it was wide nine, come off the edge, get up the field. So from just kind of football parlance and the nuance of the game, can you explain why wrecking offensive lines from the inside out is the way to go right now? You know, I think teams have done such a good job of getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. You know, the three-step drops, the five-step drops, the quarterbacks themselves have gotten so much better at stepping up in the pocket that you watch some of these edge guys, they'll run around the hoop, as they call it, run around the edge at seven, eight, nine yards, but they're too deep. And so offensive tackles have gotten better at not getting beat inside, not giving up push with power, letting the guys almost run around the edge, knowing the quarterback can step up. So you need 
to be able to have D tackles that can get pressure up the middle and push up the middle so that either they're right in the quarterback's face so that the quarterback can't step up or like we've seen Fletcher Cox do time and again over the years, they can get some pressure and get a sack. I'd also say this, Dave, we're in a situation where if you go back and watch Malik Jackson's tape in Jacksonville, he can play some defensive end. Like he can rush and play some defensive end. So in my mind right now, the Eagles would start Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox at D tackle, Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham at the end. But I picture Malik Jackson kind of being the next guy at both spots. You know, they've got some other young guys in the mix still, Josh Sweat and Avery, who they got last year, Sharif Miller. We'll see what happens with Vinnie Curry. But Malik Jackson is capable of giving you good reps at defensive end. And because of his body type, he's kind of a different guy for tackles to go against. Like They're not used to trying to stop a 300-pound guy. Like They're used to going against 255, 260-pound edge guys. They get a guy that's 300 pounds like Malik Jackson out there. It's sort of uh, like blocking a totally different animal, right? So um, I, I think part of the reason why they get Hargrave is it allows them to give Malik Jackson some reps outside as well. I, I love the signing, and, you know, look, people will say, oh, you're doing the Eagles games now. Hey, check the time and date stamp on my Twitter right after the Colts made their trade, way before I knew the Eagles had any interest in Hargrave at all. I said that would be the guy I would go for because he's going to be unleashed. You know, in, in Pittsburgh, he had to sp- play over the center, had to stop the run. Now he's going to be able to be sort of like what the Eagles got a couple years ago during a Super Bowl run from Timmy Jernigan. I just think that there's more upside and that Hargrave has the potential to be a better player. Yeah, I mean, the, the nuance in the playing nose tackle versus in Pittsburgh versus playing reportedly and potentially defensive tackle in Philly uh, fits the style of this guy better, do you think? Do you think this is the right kind of system to get up the field and blow it up from the inside? Well, so he's one of the rare guys that can do both. Not a lot of guys, you know, are great at doing both, which is more or less two-gapping, playing along the line of scrimmage as a run defender like he did in Pittsburgh versus in Jim Schwartz's defense getting up the field, like hitting a gap between two offensive linemen as hard as you can. He's capable of doing both. And so when there were obvious passing situations, you know, what they call sub or nickel, and he was able to just get up field or rush the passer, he showed some serious pass rushing potential. Serious. Even though a lot of times, you know, he was rotated in and out because Pittsburgh had Cam Hayward and they had Stephon Tuitt to rush inside. So he didn't even get that many reps as a pure inside rusher to show what he can do. And yet he was still pretty productive. Four sacks last year, six and a half sacks the year before. I mean, 10 and a half sacks over two years for a three, four nose tackle, which means he's going to get zero sacks when it comes to uh, potential rundowns. He's getting all that pressure and all those sacks just on obvious passing downs. And he wasn't even in 
for a lot of the obvious passing downs. Now he's going to be in for a lot more because he's going to be a heavy part of that rotation for the Eagles. Would not be surprised at all if he's a guy that, that approaches 10 sacks. Okay, so, Ralph, what does this mean? I mean, this is still very early. We know the Eagles have traditionally added players after the first wave of free agency, and they've had success doing that. What does it mean for the defense, a defense that is going to have some new faces? So I'm glad you said that, Dave. I just want to make a point real quick here that the player building process, right, the roster building, player acquisition process, it doesn't really stop until the first game. You know, I, I, I see people on social media, different media outlets where it's like day one, oh, my gosh, how we didn't do anything or how we just got Hargrave. What do we do? We need a receiver. We need a what, – whatever. like everyone needs to pump the brakes. I'm not saying that you can't be critical of people. You absolutely can. But you need to evaluate them based on what the roster is for that week one game. Because we've seen over the years the trades that have been made for guys like Ronald Darby during training camp and other guys, or even two days from now. You know, there's still a lot of guys available when you look at free agency. There's a lot of guys that are still available at some of the positions that people would like to see the Eagles add somebody. So for the defense right now, um, I feel pretty good about the front seven, certainly the D-line. I think they'll add a veteran linebacker or two at some point, but just not the Eagles style uh, to allocate a lot of resources there. I'm very intrigued by Jalen Mills, you know, reportedly moving from corner to safety because he's a very physical player. He's got the mentality for it. And it's really a similar transition that Malcolm Jenkins made early in his career when he went from corner to safety. And and I saw where Malcolm Jenkins even said on social media to Jalen Mills, like, you're ready for this. You you got this. And I like the idea now that with Rodney McLeod and Jalen Mills, you've got two safeties that have really good cover skills, which is valuable. Plus, we know Mills uh, is very versatile. I still think corner is a position where you'll see the, the Eagles add somebody on defense at some point. And like I said, linebacker, but I don't know that they're in a rush and there's still a bunch of guys available at both those positions. Ross, as we wind it down here, can you kind of explain in layman's terms what the role Malcolm Jenkins played? It was a quasi linebacker. Was it a full-time linebacker as he kind of melded into the defense, showed his versatility and played closer to the line of scrimmage. So that's interesting because you're right, and you you called it versatility. And he is versatile. He's able to play the nickelback, you know, which is over the slot receiver. He's able to be a uh, nickel linebacker, which is really one of the two guys that uh, is off the ball, but still in the front seven, you know, front six at that point on defense. And he was able to be a box safety a lot of times and, and typically the extra guy in the hole, the extra defender that a lot of times is guy that gets freed up and is able to, able to make the tackle. I can remember the Jacksonville preseason game, Dave, you and I were laughing because uh, Malcolm Jenkins is out there playing 
in the preseason game, and he made like the first five tackles of the game. He was the free guy. He came in, just yeah. blew up the running back. But he really, at this stage of his career, was not uh, suited as well to be the deep middle of the field defender like Rodney McLeod has been most of the most of the time. So there wasn't as much uh, disguise from the Eagles in that regard because you knew the vast majority of the time McLeod was going to be deep middle and Malcolm was going to be up near the line of scrimmage. I think with Jalen Mills, you can sort of uh, rock your safeties, they call it, rotate the safeties a little bit more because Mills is just coming from corner. McLeod can play in the box or can play deep. You'd like to think Mills would be good man-to-man on some of the backs and some of the tight ends, but also be able to play in the deep middle because he has those corner skills. So in my mind, I I think that the Eagles safety group might have a little bit more flexibility to be able to, like I said, rock their safeties back and forth because I'd like to think both those guys will be very comfortable either being in the box or being deep. Boss, one final question. What is the process for free agency? And explain to fans how it works. And we are only able to stay reported because the players have not signed contracts. We don't know when they're going to be able to sign contracts. What is normally the process? What does the NFL now put in place? If you could just break it down for fans. Yeah, so normally the process is that you go ahead and you get a physical. And after you get the physical, you're able to go uh, and sign the contract. But the team wants you to sign a physical uh, or to have a physical with them first. Now, the NFL has said that teams can agree with a player on an independent doctor who's near the player. So, you know, I I think Javon Hargraves from South Carolina. So let's just say uh, a team would agree to – go ahead and, and let a doctor near him in, in South Carolina give the physical. Well, if that's the case and both sides clear it and they can t- send them the contract and sign it and they can agree, I don't see many teams doing that, Dave. I mean, these teams really care about the medical. They should. It's pro football. And they want their own doctors to go over these players with a fine-tooth comb. So it might be a long time before any of these deals become official. And what I find interesting about that is, number one, you know, I know these players want their signing bonuses. (laughs) And then number two, um, you know, and this doesn't really relate to the Eagles, but it would give the opportunity for both the player, but more so the team, if they more or less had buyer's remorse to fail the player on the physical, you know, I mean, this, some of this stuff might not happen for, I don't know. I mean, who knows what the, we're, we're in an unprecedented time right now, Dave. I mean, it might be a couple months and there have been issues. Bashad Breeland comes to mind where a guy agrees to terms on a big deal. And then by the time he shows up for the physical, he's got a bad injury. So these guys, I mean, they're already like not trying to get injured, obviously, and trying to stay healthy, but these guys are going to have to really make sure that they stay healthy during their training before they ever get a chance to do their physical with their new ball club. Yeah. Hey Ross, I've never looked more forward to a preseason 
I can't wait. I just hope everything's cleared up and we can get ready to roll here for the 2020 Eagles season. Can't wait to work with you during these preseason broadcasts. Yeah, you you said it exactly right, Dave. And uh, for everybody listening, please stay inside, stay safe. Uh, We want as many Eagles fans watching those games and being healthy and happy and coming to those games as possible. Ross Tucker, thank you so much. All right, take care. Thanks so much, Ross. Now we turn it over to the voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese. It is just, it makes me so excited, makes me so hopeful to speak to the great Merrill Reese. I I feel like football is within our grasp. Merrill, thanks for joining me today. How are you, sir? I am happy. I'm happy to be speaking to everybody because I'm, I'm a hold up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out to take nice long walks, but that's the extent of my activity during these tough times. But uh, we're doing what we have to do, and hopefully we will be back to a normal existence come summertime or before. All right, Merrill, free agency is here. The league year has begun. Everything that we refer to is as reported and not official. The players have not signed contracts. Let's focus here on the players on the 2019 roster, some of whom are leaving, some of whom are coming back. I guess we begin with Malcolm Jenkins and your thoughts on his career as a Philadelphia Eagle and uh, what your thoughts are on him leaving. Well, Malcolm Jenkins was one of the great free agent acquisitions in the history of this team. And over his six years here, uh, he did wonderful things. He was an outstanding professional on and off the field, a credit to the organization, a guy who was almost like a coach on the field, was very, very bright. And probably the most remarkable thing about Malcolm Jenkins is that in 96 regular season games that the Eagles played, he started every single one. And in six playoff games, the same thing. So he would be 102 for 102 in that availability category. And in this day and age and in this sport, that in itself is beyond remarkable. Merrill, offensively, uh, Big Z, Halapalavati Vaitai, uh, reportedly moves on. A, your thoughts on him? And B, how long did it take you, as we have a full disclosure moment, how long did it take you to really get that first name down in the broadcast? Boy, I, I think probably probably that summer, the preseason <laughs> games, I was able to say Halapulavati Vaitai. Um, <laughs> it, it have an easier time with that than Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> but but I'll tell you what, it, it took me a little time, but I got it. I did, you know, I was you know who I was speaking with today, uh, Dave, just just going by some memories. Our old friend Stan Walters, who was one of the great left tackles in Eagles history. And when you talk about Stan, he was an all pro. He was one of the best pass blockers in the league during the time he spent. And yet when he hears when someone, what someone like Vitae is getting and he's good, he's okay, but he's not an all pro tackle. He's, he's a good solid football player and there was a need for him and he was able to parlay it into a lifetime fortune, but, but compared to, to somebody, some of the all-pros in the past, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. And then Camus Grugier-Hill uh, reportedly moves on to Miami, along with Jordan Howard. Your thoughts on the departure of those two players? 
Well, you know what? I, I'll miss Camus because I, I think Camus is one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. Always friendly and upbeat. But you're, you're not talking about a star departing. You're talking about a guy who was a very, very good special teamer and a guy who was a decent NFL linebacker. But he, he's not what you would call an impact every down player. As far as Jordan Howard is concerned, he didn't disappoint. He came in and he played like a professional, and he really did make a difference early in the season. He was very, very good. But then he had that weird injury that kept him out basically the rest of the way. And with the running backs emerging, Miles Sanders, I think, exceeding most people's expectations, even though we were optimistic, I don't think anybody thought he would have the kind of rookie year that he did. And then Boston Scott, virtually coming out of nowhere, I don't think the Eagles have any problems in that department. You'll add some running backs along the way, maybe a draft choice, maybe a, maybe a free agent or an undrafted rookie. Uh, we'll see. But the, the, I think they're fine at running back. Well, Nate Sudfeld comes back. Really weird 2019 season for Sudfeld. We all really saw him come on and then get hurt in the preseason game, and Josh McCown was signed. So tough times for Nate in 2019. Your thoughts on him returning, uh, reportedly returning to the Philadelphia Eagles? I like Nate Sudfeld. Uh, I think he's. I think he's got a lot of ability, and I think he's got a, a great mentality. Uh, he's a guy who who is a plus, as they say, in the quarterback room. I think he's a guy with skills. He's big. He's strong. He's got an NFL arm. All he needs is experience, and I think that. Uh, We've seen him in moments in the past come in for a play here and a play there, but I think if he were if he were ended up as the backup for Carson Wentz, I think he's ready to be more than just a a guy that you put in and pray that uh, that you can get him out as soon as possible. I think that I think after all this time at this point, I think he's ready to go in their area, go in there and be better than a lot of backup quarterbacks. In the secondary, Merrill, the Eagles. Bring, reportedly bringing back Rodney McLeod, reportedly bringing back Jalen Mills. And those are two players who know the system. They've won Super Bowls, and they're ready to kind of step up and, and be leaders on this team as they've been the last few years. Um, what kind of you – know, we've lost – you talked about Malcolm. What is the impact of bringing those two players back? Well, I think, I think Rodney McLeod is an excellent safety. He really is. He's a he's a guy who doesn't make many mistakes. He's instinctive. He's athletic. I think he's a really, really good player. And as far as Jalen Mills is concerned, he's tough. He never worries about a play after it's over. He's got the right mentality. And I think he's got the ability to, to be successful as a safety. Now, it's unfair to compare him to the guy who left, Malcolm Jenkins, who is one of the best safeties this team has ever had. But I think that I think that he's got this type of skills and the type of body that would uh, translate into being a successful NFL safety. I can't wait to see him play during the preseason and adjust to the new position. But I've always thought that he's a guy who can move into that spot. Merrill, uh, defensive tackle, interesting position. Hassan Ridgway reportedly returning. Eagles reportedly bringing in. Javon Hargrave, um, this is a position that they have really invested in 
heavily over the years, particularly the last couple of years, it looks on paper potentially really great. Do you agree? Oh, I agree. I, I agree. I think that the defensive line is going to be one of the strengths of this in this entire defense. I mean, I think it's good. But when you think about Fletcher Cox and Hargrave inside and and then, like you said, Ridge Ray is in there, too. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a terrific defensive line. And then you add, of course, Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett and see how he does. Now, there's a guy, Derek Barnett can get to quarterbacks, but he's a guy who fits into the category of not durable so far. He's missed a lot of playing time. You need a healthy Derek Barnett. Merrill, what do you do? You get caught up in all this early free agency stuff. Do you feel like, um, or do you kind of you, you understand that ten draft picks coming? A lot of times, still to address the roster. How, how do you address? How do you feel about free agency? How how into it do you get? Very much, very much. I, as a matter of fact, I think all of the sports world right now is viewing the moves as games because we are so hungry for any kind of sports activity, and the NFL is front page right now with this. So yeah, I'm I'm certainly as a free agency. I still hope that there are a couple of players that the Eagles can add. I I wonder if I mean they they definitely have to add a corner or two or three uh, during this off season. I think that a name that now I don't want to go old. I really don't want to go old, but they may have to just because they need players at that position. And there's somebody like Prince Amakamura who was with the Bears last year, and he's, I think, a very affordable free agent and a very solid football player. But they, they need help at corner, and they're going to probably have to address because the, the, the best corners are gone. Uh, you know, Byron Jones, who we all wanted, but you're, you're not going to be able to compete with the kind of money he ended up with to go. And, uh, of course, Bradbury's a good one, too. So those guys are gone. But they've got to find some other suitable corners, and they may be there may be guys who are a little bit like Desmond Trufant, who are a little older than you'd like them to be, but they need help at that position. Until now, the other the other guy who you know who who you think about is a guy they invested a lot in as a second round draft pick, and that is Sidney Jones. And you know that he came off injuries, and that he has not been able to stay on the field, and he's had moments where. He looks as if he's not aggressive enough, giving up too much cushion. But then we saw the end of last season where he made critical plays in huge situations and really showed what we thought we were getting on a full-time basis when the Eagles drafted him. So maybe and this is, this is really his last chance, I think. This is the camp that he has to go to and the summer where he must really be productive to win a job and prove that he's not the B-word. Yeah. Well, Merrill, I, you mentioned camp and you mentioned summer. I just hope that we have football by then and can't wait to see you in, uh, in the NovaCare complex and, and just really getting ready for 2020 in the Philadelphia Eagles season. Dave, I hope by the draft that this thing is already starting to appear in the rearview mirror and that we can start getting life back to the way we've lived it all throughout our lives. I mean, there's nothing that ever occurs like this in my life. This was the kind of thing of, that, was, that was in science fiction novels. But uh, hopefully this will be behind us and we'll all be healthy and we'll be able to get back to the sport that we love so much.
Merle, thanks so much. Stay healthy to you and your loved ones, and hopefully I will see you very soon. Thanks, Dave. Look forward Thank to it. Thank you, Merle. If you're an Eagles fan, you've got to be excited for the NFL Draft just a few weeks away. And guess what? We're covering it every single week over on the Journey of the Draft podcast driven by AAA. Myself, Chris McPherson, Ben Fennell, I'm the host, Fran Duffy. Every single week we're breaking it down, looking at who are the top prospects around the league that everyone's going to be focused on at every single position. We're covering it all on the Journey of the Draft podcast driven by AAA. Everyone, want to thank you for joining us here on this unusual Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Please subscribe if you are not subscribed. Pass the word. Give us a five-star rating. Would love it. Because as I now become a big podcast guy, because I'm walking all over the city of Philadelphia, I like to look at the ratings. So the higher rating can give us, the more it helps us attract more listeners and bring you the very best Eagles coverage. Also, drop us any suggestions that you have, and we'll try to fulfill your needs because we're all in this together, and we want to make sure you're tuned into the Philadelphia Eagles as much as possible throughout the rest of this offseason as we get back to playing football in 2020. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Ray Doyle for putting this all together. Thanks to you for joining, everyone. Thanks to Ross and to Merrill for their time on this Wednesday as the NFL's 2020 season officially begins. Everyone have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and be healthy and safe out there. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.